0: You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at Remax Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at Remax Advantage Plus. Hey, I kinda like that beat. Yeah, it, it makes you think we're going to therapy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah no comment you might need it with these rates rising huh
2: yeah i think it's awesome
0: <laughs> hey it didn't didn't hurt something i was involved in yesterday i'll tell you that
2: yeah That's, we're, we're still, still seeing 12. bodies coming in models too
0: yeah yeah well speaking of models they start up again today yeah thursdays thursdays our day I spent, so Andy, just so you know, last week, I spent, let me see, 2, 4, 5, this, that's 6, 11, 17 hours in models. I don't think You're I've okay. had a whole parade. What? Are you okay? Yeah. Actually, it wasn't bad. I kind of, I didn't mind it at all, actually.
2: I, I, I hate to say it, but I, well, I shouldn't say hate to say it. I love it. Yeah. I literally can't, um, I, I I sitting in the models, answering questions, helping people figure it out. I mean, because you got to think about this. I mean, people don't go out to model homes because they're going to jail. They're going to model homes because they're dreaming and they're thinking and they feel good and they they want to improve their lives or their houses. And so it's just the, the parade carries a real positive vibe. And yeah. so I love being around it. I, I like the energy that you get off of it is pretty, pretty addicting.
0: You said a key thing though, sitting in a model. Now that would be nice. That then I could stay there much yeah. longer. But standing in a model is normally what we do, and yes. uh, that gets—I mean, with no shoes on too. It's just like, oh my god.
2: If you if you've never gone four hours when you're running into a model and you say, hey, quick, before I open the model, I'm going to take a quick little pee, and uh, and then I'm going to take a swig of my soda, and then four hours later, you're like, oh my god, I'm going to burst. Cause, cause people followed you in the model and you haven't been sitting still since you got there. And, uh, it, but you know what, Hey, Hey, nature of the beast, right? I'm sure the same thing happens in other jobs. And, uh, but it, you get rolling, man. And, and, and then customers. some of the questions I, I am fascinated with how many people, um, yeah, Chris gets exercise for the year standing in the parade.
0: <laughs> I, doubled, um, I doubled it. Yeah, I doubled my output from last year. Exercise Totally. <laughs>
2: I've oh got I've got
0: a host though that's with me. I I I do that the whole time. So, yeah. The best part about this parade is I don't have to unlock it. I don't have to turn off lights or turn off lights. That, right. That's like heaven. And put wow. up signs. The sign part. That's the part of open houses that. uh yeah. When you've been doing it for so long, I mean, it's right. just like you want to just pop in and okay, do your job, and then I'm gone. Yeah.
2: Well, that's true. I mean, you know, the market, it was kind of funny how the um, I, I was watching over the last couple of months. And I know that there's a lot of people that you don't know, want to talk about all oh, the doom and the gloom. But I'll tell you what, in the last week, specifically the last week, I've seen a ton of traffic pick up again, where showings on models, showings on existing listings. I've been out on several market analysis again. The, the market's just like, OK, it is what it is. Let's keep moving. And there's still a demand problem. Uh, or I mean, a, a supply problem. There's not, not a demand problem. There's plenty of people that want houses. Um, I think there's an affordability issue now because it's it's simple math. As as the rates go up, uh, you qualify for less. And so that'll control how fast we appreciate on these houses. Because, you know, I've always made that analogy where as the market kind of goes up at 4%, and then somebody's like, I'm going to offer 50,000 over. And they put that leg on the market. And then the other leg, the legs are gone. And I, I've been explaining that to people that, I'm not seeing people coming in saying, hey, I'll give you 50000 over. But on the other hand, they're still paying you a price that you wouldn't have gotten two years ago. And, and so you're still at the top, in my opinion, or close to the top of the market. You're just not getting the crazy, like, peak, peak. But how many times have you ever peaked in, in time to market, right?
0: Yeah, there there still is a, a bunch of segments that are, are getting multiple offers and are getting over uh, their price and yep. I think it's I think it's almost in a way that people are trying to beat at eight uh, percent interest rates you know and I don't I don't think that's gonna happen but uh, who knows and I, but the I, market I don't going. I don't
2: I stopped guessing now I'm I'm yeah. so like in the I, I just don't know and I don't care to guess um, category but here's job. the thing people need places to live people need investments mm-hmm. places to put their money to beat inflation. Um, You know, and I and like I said, there was a, a a real estate agent that came in, and this is where it kind of baffles me. Well, you know, and she was out of Eden Prairie, and and I won't name the name of the company, Um, but she was like, "Oh, we're starting to see eighteen percent discounts on houses coming in on offers." And I said, "What what market are you covering?" I said, "We're still getting six and seven percent appreciation over last year, on top of having solid, good offers that are coming in." Now, not every guys. Not everybody's broke. Not everybody lives right up to the edge of their payment. Most of buyers I know in the six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar price range, this is ten percent of their income goes towards their mortgage. It's not forty percent like it used to be. So I mean, people still have great incomes. They still have lots of savings. They have lots of equity. And people that are in those positions don't make stupid decisions. So people, when you're when they're sitting there saying, "Oh, we're waiting for the deals," you might be waiting years honestly until until we once everybody decides to sell their house at one time which i don't think is going to happen again because rates are though a lot of the majority of the people that do have mortgages locked in at you know 2.7 or three and a half or whatever they can't almost afford never get rid of that house so that house will probably in their lifetime never come back up for sale they'll probably hold it as an investment property or you know whatever because if you have to replace it and you're trying to upgrade and interest rates went up right also that's a triple whammy that you go from a $1500 house payment to 5000 most people won't take that jump they'll say you know what let's just do other things with our money and wait so i don't think the inventory is is there's a solution and new construction just keeps bringing us expensive solutions so you know uh, i y- and you always wonder why they're building so many apartments that's why
0: yeah i i believe too that i mean there there are deals out there some people are getting uh, worried and some people try to beat beat the the fall and and then start reducing and doing some things. So I think there's going to be some opportunities uh to be able to grab even like flip homes, but I think there's some yeah. good opportunities on that to to kind of really switch it. I've see, I've been seeing a lot of 2002 to 2006 stuff coming on the market, just mm-hmm. kind of a and when I say that, I'm talking about the big corner Whirlpool tubs in a bathroom that uh terracotta um tans and beiges and a little sure. darker kind of stuff. And I think there's a lot of opportunities uh, with those to be able to come in. And I think just if you were a contract, Andy, you should do this. If you're a contractor, just come in and do those bathrooms. Like, Hey, I've got a solution to be able to take that freaking tub out and be able put yeah. a standalone tub. I think that could change houses like, like that. Along with a little paint.
2: Yeah. I've been through some, the last, I, and I, I'm not picking on anybody because I, I know every house is, has their own uniqueness. I've been through a couple houses in the last two weeks where I should have a website saying unusual homes. And not, I mean, I was out with buyers doing showings. And I'm telling you, man, there's some interesting stuff that's being brought to market right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know.
2: Did you see my Instagram post where we had that one with the with the great room that was an old barn? mm
0: mm-hmm.
2: Oh, you don't follow me on social media. That's cool. Um, anyway, the, uh, (laughs) Hey,
0: I just do reels, man. If you don't, yeah, yeah. I I
2: know. I know your people do your reels. Um, I do reels. No, on Instagram, we actually posted, um, this, this great room, um, that actually was an old barn and it kind of had that cool factor until you started looking at the size of it and you're going, my golly, how much does this cost, um, to actually heat this monster? And then here's the coolest thing ever. So we're sitting there, we're walking through this whole thing. And she goes, when this eccentric, you know, millionaire built this place or renovated this place, they kept a couple fun features. One of them was this. And you open up the door in the basement that looked like you were going into a creepy little like cellar. And you walk through a concrete tunnel and sudden you look up, you're in a silo. Oh. And she goes, they were gonna do a spiral staircase up to a deck that's like 30 feet in the air. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So you know, when people say, Oh, housing's boring. There there are some cool stuff. Or like yesterday, I was out up in uh, up in the north, uh, I'll say northeast metro. And I'm up there running around. And by God, there's this guy looks like a little 1200 square foot rambler. And you walk in, he goes, Well, you ready to go to the spa? I'm like, "Uh, Sure. And uh, walk right out right out of the master. Here's a, a 40 foot long by 26 foot wide pool room. With jacuzzi tubs, sauna. I mean, on this like normal, what I would call like a Brooklyn Center's like yeah. sized house. Yeah. And it's got a pool room on the back that is. I mean, mom and dad back in the day when they built that thing, you know, back in the 60s, were where they must have made a big bonus.
0: Well, <laughs> and it great.
2: To- It just was it's such a unique property. And it's like some of those, like you want a little house, but you want to go swimming every morning and take a spa and have a big party room. Yeah, they're out there, man.
0: Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I think I did see that, though. I remember something on yours that, about a sign. You want up. me to
2: pull it up on my phone? It'll look weird, but I can do it. Oh, boy. Hang on. Please, please stand by. <laughs> we
0: we should maybe give a shout-out to whoever created that new office for you. Wow. Well, thank you. Looks fantastic. Here here was the um, this room. Oh, my gosh. Pull it back just a little, Andy. Okay, perfect. That's, me, the fam, that's the family family the pool room?
2: No, this is actually this is the one of the barn, and that's oh, wow. a walkway going to a, a secret room up on the top level that overlooks the river. <laughs> Check this. And this was that. So here's what's another the, angle
0: on what's that the blue, house. What's the blue part? That's the floor. That's just the floor. Okay. Wow.
2: Yep. And then we had. Uh, I gotta show you here. So then this was the, when you go, you walked out there, this was the silo.
0: Silo, wow. That would be kind of fun, though.
2: Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, just, you know, that that's just that. Um, interesting, you know, fun. That's why I love this business. I love this career. I mean, really, you, you, you get into where, how, how would you make that up? I mean, how would you ever say, you know what, I got this idea. And there are so many people out there in this world that have brains that are so awesome and just so creative and just come up with some of the coolest stuff and and i just i'm like i sit back and just admire because i would never have thought hey i got an idea
0: i think i've watched the news probably four times in the last five years and two of the times have been yeah. somewhat lately and that there's this hobbit house have you seen the hobbit house yeah. that um it's in river falls and yeah. it was literally i mean i i don't know what a hobbit is i mean that must be from some movie or something but it looked yeah. like a big mushroom and it was like it looked like um, like foam insulated everywhere and all these weird little tunnels and stuff. But and then it like sold immediately because those kind of things are nowadays. Oh, there's look at this. What do we got going there? But we I have, just
2: asked her to pull my shade so you could actually. There we go.
0: Oh, OK. The uh, wow. Look at this. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa anyways um she's
2: wearing the uniform like instructed
0: <laughs> but things like that now the weird stuff that you never ever would have sold before yeah are kind of valuable in that with this whole airbnb quick rental type stuff because someone wants something just totally unusual no one would want to buy that but geez that would be super cool to stay in for like a weekend and something sure. totally different and then you know do your little instagram silos on there andy you could be like hey look at <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I'll tell you, man, I, um, it keeps it interesting, but you know, then you, you start looking at things like, think about this guys, how, how do you finance that? If somebody doesn't need financing, how do you come up with a true value? You know, how do you come up with a, you know, a fair price? You know what I'm saying? It's like, gets pretty tricky. I'll
0: tell you, that's the one thing people need to start thinking about is probably financing it themselves. And and that's going to be a big thing now. I mean, if you got a two and a half percent interest rate, and yep. the rates are going to be seven percent, I mean, there's some big value in, in that spread that you have there. So if you're a, if you're a seller, really should you sell that thing? I mean, it might be smart to kind of hang on to that and or uh, leverage it by saying, hey, I'll give you an interest rate of four percent. And I'll make a little on that spread. Plus, you're going to end up paying me more because it's more valuable to you. We're uh, working on a deal that they wanted to have the seller pay almost five, almost six points to be able to buy down the interest rate so these people could do it. We're talking almost 50 grand, $50,000 to be able to do that, but was able to get them to qualify. So people are coming up with different ways in, in which to do stuff. But if you think about that, if you were... The seller and maybe your rate wasn't that much i mean you could take that 50 grand you know yeah so, something to think about
2: oh well, i i think you'll you'll see that a lot in the future chris self-financing and then even where um you know in the right circumstances people even assuming mortgages i saw that language being added back into mortgages now where they have assumable you just have to get qualified with the lender and then you're um in a position of where you can you know take over their interest rate which makes that house even more attractive. So let's say that, you know, they bought it for, you know, and they put money down and they owe 400 on it and you're gonna be putting down a hundred thousand. So there's, you know, $500,000 that the seller gets, um, you know, that that works out pretty slick and they're happy, you're happy, everybody's you know.
0: Yeah, Andy, where where did you see those assumable mortgages?
2: Um, a lot of the FHA over the last couple of years and the, they've added that verbiage back into the loans Oh, and a lot of the uh, conventional mortgages also have that verbiage in there. Not everyone, but uh, yes. several of them that I've seen over the last year have said that this mortgage can be assumed in the future um, with qualification by the lender.
0: Yeah, because typically what happens is there's a due on sale clause on in your mortgage, right. which basically says, hey, if you sell or give your interest to someone else, that that loan needs to be paid off. So people got to keep that in mind, because if you're going to sell it and let's say a contract for deed, which really means owner financing, most likely uh, in most of the circumstances that, I mean, they could come to you and say, Hey, you need to be able to pay this off because you sold it over to this person. Um, but remember when yeah. you got all those, that paperwork at the closing. Yep. And that, that realtor me, it said, Hey, if you, the time you start reading that is when you start missing payments, because that'll yeah. tell you exactly what's going to happen, but you might look in there to be able to find out if there's some assumability of those mortgages, because yeah. that could be really valuable. For
2: oh for sure i think it's i think it's really cool i mean you know and what you're talking about chris too a lot of times is where uh, a consumer will take on like a contract for deed for an example and then you're you're acting as the bank and paying the payments even though you owe payments and and that that is correct chris is talking about that where so you owe that four hundred thousand, but you're going to let them make you payments and you're making a little money on the spread there's a lot of times where that doesn't work or they don't like you to do that, right? So especially if it's a CD where they get put on the on the deed and you're, um, you know, uh, just kind of I don't know, whatever. You're using, taking advantage of their financing, or they're taking advantage of the fact that you need credit help and you're they're charging you eight percent, they're paying three, and they're making a five percent spread. Which I think you'll see a lot of that happening in the future.
0: I just don't think that there's going to be a lot of people that are admitting it, you know. Here's here's another thing, Andy, that people might want to think about mm-hmm. is, and I, ha- and I had this happen to me, gosh, it was at the, it was right, it was before the interest rates went crazy, but to be able to make a deal, what the seller did is say, hey, I need enough money in which to be able to pay off my loan, but I don't really need the other money, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't make mind making some interest on it. So in this scenario, it was like 1.7 million. They wanted a million paid off and then pay payments on the seventh. Seven hundred thousand, and when you when you do that, I mean, it was be able to it was able to be able to put a deal together. They got more money than what they would have done if they would have had to kind of do it all uh, together in one mortgage. So someone sure quite qualify for that, but they were able to be able to structure the loan in a way mm-hmm. that was acceptable for the uh, first mortgage as well. So cool things things to think about. Well, that's
2: why they hire you, Chris. You know how to make deals happen.
0: Well, thank you, Andy.
2: Well, I mean, hey, it's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to, but you have to be creative. And I'll tell you what, these are the kind of markets I like a heck of a lot better than the ones just run as fast as you can to try to get to a house that you have to yeah. kind of actually know something. So the only guy who could keep up on that treadmill would be a guy like Nick. You and I, shit,
2: yeah. we get, we get, shoot, we get over, you know, two miles an hour and we're falling on our face. He's running at nine miles an hour.
0: We sit in model homes. We, yeah. we sit on a
2: unicycle on the treadmill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, hey, I think I got some some good news for Andy. Some of his favorite Uh-oh. companies are, are struggling. So, this segment's going to be brought yeah, to you baby. by the preferred home team.
2: Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, andy at prasky.com. If you want to email us, Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email, let's get you started on your real estate journey, I'd like to help you on the way, Uh, lots of experience here, and I would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, REMAX Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show.
0: Oh, surprise, surprise. Open, yeah. Open door also has really hurt the market too. I'm telling you.
2: Have, have, you uh, have you had the pleasure of doing any showings with open door properties? Yes, I have. It is an absolute pain in the apple.
0: It's interesting.
2: They, well, you know why that is they don't want us to show their houses.
0: But they, they want somebody the to come and buy them directly. They think that company lost money on 40% of it, 42% of its August resales after it failed to anticipate the slide in the housing demand. Wait until September's number come out.
2: Oh yeah. They'll they'll be yeah. uh, begging for yeah. But
0: I'll tell speed. you what, what they did, number one, is that whoever was telling them how to buy them was wrong. And number two, whoever's telling them how to price them to resell is wrong. They Wait, always, they tried way you too think hard. Those, do
2: you think what you're saying to me, um, I'm just want to make sure I'm, I'm going to write, yeah. hold on, I'm going to write this down. Um, yeah. So you're telling me that the algorithms on a computer software system are off and that no. you still need human interaction to evaluate no. that house?
0: No, I would never say that, Andy. What are you, crazy?
2: Apps do yeah. everything, Chris.
0: <laughs> yeah. They'll solve um, the
2: world's problems, Chris. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, we've, we've talked about that a lot. I mean, Zillow doesn't know if you have that built-in corner jacuzzi or you have that uh, separate tub that uh, looks like a 2022 house. And I'm telling you, those things those things matter. But, I mean, what Andy's talking about here is, I mean, if you had something that has some good square footage and you had some nice little sales that happened around you, you were going to turn out really good. And then they'll come in and then they'll just repaint with, I don't know who's doing that painting, but it doesn't look that great. And then they put all these cameras and all these weird contraptions on the doors and how to get in and make yeah. it really hard for you and then overprice it. And so it sits and then people think, oh my gosh, there's a deal. And then that deal becomes lower, lower, lower. And then they accept an offer because they got to get rid of it and yeah. get it off their inventory.
2: Because it, it's on Here. their naughty list. I Here. agree. I think that you know they, they literally are constantly putting lipstick and earrings on a pig I mean, and it's still a pig. And the property, they overpaid for it. They're not doing the true renovations. What I mean by lipstick and earrings, they're putting uh, new, really cheap carpet in.
0: <laughs> lipstick and earrings, cheap carpet, uh, cheap carpet. Cheap carpet, uh, they
2: cover the walls, the houses a lot of times, sometimes, sometimes, They'll, they'll add in a little rouge on the cheeks with the old uh, lighting fixtures. But 90% of the time, these guys are just putting these houses up for sale. That You walk in them and they still stink. You know, like if it smells like food or if it smells like smoke or whatever it is that they're trying to hide. And the person that was selling it, maybe the person inherited the house. And they're like, well, let's just sell it because, you know, dad smokes cigars in his chair his whole life. And the house smells like cigars. Well, they'll buy that house, put fresh carpet, fresh paint, and then they try to sell it. And it still has outdated appliances. A lot of times the kitchens are outdated. The yards are usually in disarray. Um, they're mowed, but they're, they're gross. And so most people that need to just dump a house, I mean, God bless them for helping America out for a couple of years. But they've been, people dump their houses with those kind of deals. And it's, but they're not, here's what I'd say to you. Again, there, there used to be a term called equity stripping. Okay. And it used to be illegal. And now it's considered a business practice where, Hey, we buy ugly houses or, and I mean, God bless them. They've been around forever, but that idea there is that at least they're telling you, Hey, you're, you got an ugly house and we're going to pay a fair, ugly house price. When they say, Hey, we pay fair market value and you can skip the realtors and you can avoid all these fees. And then they do just the opposite. You know what I mean? They, They give you a low number because they have their costs and their overhead costs. And so you get a lower price. And it maybe it's easy, but I'll tell you what, if you can make another 30 or 40 thousand dollars and still have your house sell in 30 days, and so what, you're three nights where you have showings, who cares? I mean, I don't know, I don't know about you, but that kind of money for me would be definitely worth staying engaged.
0: We, you know? we call those less than beautiful houses, ugly is not yeah. a nice word, yeah. But, uh, anyways, um, uh, I don't know though, Andy, I think a lot of those uh, people. That uh, got some open door buys, made out like bandits, and I think they're the ones that made out over, what the what open door did, and I I yeah. think we're gonna find out too how that whole thing went down. I mean, were the people that were trying to secure these homes and get these homes incentivized to be able to get them, and then all of a sudden you start fudging the comps and making it look like it it's better than it is that it'll sell for this, and then all of a sudden it goes to somebody else, and then they have to sell it. They're like hey, we'll just do what you say, because we've got 50 of these listings coming on and handling them. We'll just just throw it out there. And by the way, we bought it for this. We got to add on 13% because of this and this. And that, that's not how you determine a market price. You determine know. what else is it competing against. Well, and, 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 what's and cool. think about this, though. Even if, even if you
2: were a, a silly robot and you were picking prices and offering houses and everything keeps going up in value, In that market, you can afford to make mistakes. And a lot of times the market will forgive you as as the houses keep going up in price, right? Um, In a market where all of a sudden it's flat or it's honest, now you're going to see where those deals aren't as attractive. And I do agree with you. There were a couple of customers of ours where we said, hey, would you like a guaranteed offer? And of course, we have guaranteed buyers too. And we would just make a smaller percent. We'd make like 1% on the deal, which is fine because all we're doing is introducing two people and you cut the deal. Um, There were some of those offers that were coming in at or darn close to retail but they they come in at or close to retail minus minus 12 percent so you were still but there was all the inconveniences and you picked the closing dates and so i mean i get that there is an equation there that for some people it made sense yeah. and you're right and some people beat the system because the system wasn't very smart and remember the system will go the other way someday and somebody's going to say hey tweak that algorithm this much and all of a sudden it's in their favor and you know what I mean? And then also they'll be predatory or something. And that's that's where I just I think the whole practice of I don't have to do anything, I'm just gonna give you my house. Come on. This in America, owning homes is is what is it, 70% of people's net worth or something like it's crazy how many people don't have anything other than their home's equity. You know, it's it's a high, high percentage of people that don't. And so the equity that you're giving up, I just I don't know, be careful,
0: be smart. I think it's interesting. I mean, you, you see Andy's passion on these things and these companies and stuff, but it, it, I think it comes down to that, you know, people are getting all of these things thrown at them and we can kind of see through it just because we've been through it a long time. And then it just gets really frustrating uh, that, you know, you see all these people falling for it, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not what's best for them. And so um, I think that's where this little passion comes from. And I think, and, right. and, it, and it's right. Right. I, uh, I'm glad well, there's Chris, someone that says it,
2: doesn't. right? But I mean, I think here's the difference, and this is the this is the fallacy that all people are, that are out there, I think, that do this think, a house for sale is going to sell for the same price regardless of who puts it up for sale, or regardless of how it's marketed, and that that's just not not true. No. I mean, the amount of people, the amount of interest that you get, and like I always say, the terms of the offer are they giving you the closing dates you want with the terms you want. Are you finding the person with the least amount of financing required? I mean, huge deposits. You only find those people with, with good marketing, where you've got a bigger reach and you pull people in, you make sure everybody understands what your house represents, and then you get the best offers the market will bear. When you throw it up for sale, somebody's getting lucky driving by that day with the for sale sign in the yard. They call quick, and because they don't care, they take the offer. And you know what I mean? And, or encourage you to take an offer versus when you market hard and you actually – you know, accentuate the, the features and the beauty of the home and put it out there for sale. And now you have a hundred people interested in the house instead of 10, you're going to get the cream.
1: Hallelujah. Beautiful, preach. Okay, let's go into some uh, fun things. Nice. We'll, get into, we'll get into our social media reacts here. It's gonna be brought to you by Chris Rooney Home Experts. I
0: was just one years old when my family started in real estate where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge.
1: With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Did you did you figure out how old I am, Andy? There was there
0: was clues in there to give it to you.
2: Thirty seven.
0: Can't get nothing past you. I know. I I <laughs> what is this? My phone, hundreds of contacts of people I met on one deal and haven't talked to since. <laughs> uh, what do they say about realtors? That most of the people would reuse their realtor, but they never heard from them. Again.
2: Eighty seven percent of people that have done business with a real estate agent say they would use that same agent again if they could find them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and to be a, I mean, fair, a lot of people get out of the business as well. You know, yeah. not many people last over two years. Yeah, But, you know,
2: Chris, let me let me give you a quick example of that. So we've had people over the years that have gone. And again, we'll pick on the parade homes because it's happening right now. It's very front of my mind. And we have people that will sign up for contests or people that sign up for the newsletters. You know, hey, where are the new developments? You know, when are you doing a grand opening? Because they're fun to come to, you know what I mean? So we've we've had where people have been in that system for five, six, seven, ten years. And now they're calling saying, you know, we're ready to come and see what you guys have to offer. And they met us ten years ago, maybe over in, you know, Hugo. And now we're over in Blaine. And they still want to come out and meet. And, And having that information and that dedication to someone, even if they don't read every email, but it, what's interesting to me is keeping in contact with people so that if they choose to, or when they're ready to, you know, you're sitting there ready to help them. I think that's the key to success for, I don't know, hundred percent of the real estate agents that are successful is good, what they call follow-up. And, and so a lot of agents like like that gentleman was saying, or in his, in his little meme there, um, he's got like hundreds of contacts, he's got all these names, but what's he gonna do with those names? you don't do anything with them, you're not gonna produce any business out of it. You gotta have a plan.
1: That's why those three digestible clips we post on Facebook are so important, Andy. Keep them on top of mind, right? I see you've been sharing them on your page. They're getting some good traction.
2: Well, thank you. Chris doesn't follow us, but.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, let's just say, seeing a lot less of you realtors doing TikTok dances now that the market is cooling down, <laughs> you would you would think they'd be doing more dances. We're
2: we're still editing our original TikToks that we haven't released yet.
0: They're coming, they're coming. You, they're, hey, I did they're a TikTok dancing on a silo.
2: Did you guys see my TikTok I did this week?
0: Your what? I,
2: I actually did a TikTok. What? Um, hang on.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be good. Oh darn it! i just don't believe him but
2: please stand by you guys keep talking i will find it
0: yeah so what was his comment that i wasn't i'm not i haven't been
1: sharing things
0: this is this is not good i need to start sharing i guess
1: yeah andy shares all the clips and they're getting some good good views so we gotta share them on your Rooney home experts page hmm
2: You know, my kids are the ones that found it. I didn't even know it was on there and my kids found it. Hang on.
0: (laughs) That You have a TikTok?
2: Yeah, they go, Dad, we loved your TikTok. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
0: Well, Nick, let's keep going. He'll find his TikTok. All right. One of the best feelings you can ever have as a real estate agent is just shipping a referral out into the universe and completely forgetting about it until you get a call asking where they should send your check. Uh. Interesting. So we do, we have that ability. So let's just say that we have a client, but maybe they're looking in Florida or Arizona. Um, Kind of what we do is we kind of do their interviewing for them and try to find a good agent that's down there. And typically they'll uh, give you a little piece of that commission in the end. And so we can get a referral uh, from our client. Now, I'm kind of one of those beliefs that I, I know that client better than anyone. And so I kind of want to be more involved in it. But uh, in a case of just throwing a name down there and never talk to these people again, then all of a sudden the check shows up because they they purchased a house. I guess that would be kind of a nice thing to get. Yeah, nice little present. Totally. And I'll tell you what, another way in which to that is to be able to find a good lender. because I think some real good lenders can take a buyer that no one thought they could buy and be able to make him a buyer. And then you're you're getting paid uh, a commission once they purchase a home. So that's a, another nice little present. Uh-oh, here we go.
2: All right, I found it.
0: You ready? Got it. Sorry, Nick. All right. Okay, hold on. No, Hold back a little. Towards your hold face. On. Put it more towards your face. The okay, camera. Shoot.
2: I am so good at technology here. Hang on.
0: Oh, you lost it again?
2: No, I got it. I just don't know how to rewind it here. Hang on.
0: Play it Hang on. Let the it's crap. coming.
2: It's coming. Give me 30 seconds here. Hang on. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure, roll I'm sure glad
0: it. we're such, so good at social media. Oh boy. Nick's got a new thing here. Okay. There's a little sliding scale here. Just says, just call people and ask for their business. Weird concept. No, realtors need to have. Here we go. Realtors need to have a chat bot, IDX website. Whatever, artificial intelligence, PPC ads, Google my business script, coach and a logo. And then it's uh, just call people and ask for their business. It's a, it's,
1: it's, an it's an IQ chart. chart. So the dumb people are saying the same thing as the really smart people. You see?
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So very, very interesting. Oh, okay. Oh. Put it towards your face, though, Andy. That's more in the cam- middle. Like this? Okay, now closer. Nope, now closer to the camera. Okay, here we go. There you go. Right there. Oh, the next member of the what the heck is that?
2: I am. Oh my god! <laughs> Hold on.
0: Where oh my going?
2: god! Why is it playing the wrong music?
1: Hold on. Andy, just send it to me, and we'll do it next uh, next show. Okay.
2: Here, I'll, Nick, I'll forward it to you. What is, what, uh, give me your personal cell phone number on the air,
1: please. Just do the email I sent you the link on. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, so Chris, what did you think about this one? You think it was true that uh, the realtors, the middle of the pack realtors get too crazy with different things instead of just doing the basics, like the, the stupid person and the really smart person.
0: Yeah, I think. You know, I think that goes for everything. I think everyone thinks they need to do all these different things. And that's an excuse for not doing what you really should do. And that's sometimes just making a phone call. Um, and I think we all find ourselves in that position. And sometimes it's it's much easier just to get the uh, a computer system that sends out automatic emails and and keeps you top of mind. And maybe that's more in, informative, but to try to stay in touch. I mean, it's weird sometimes, but you might want to just talk to people as well. And I think, again, we all find ourselves in that position. You get busy and you don't have time in which to be able to do it. But uh, I think uh, phone calls tend to make, what happens with me is phone calls tend to make me super, super busy (laughs) because you start finding out things that these people want, or maybe they were just thinking about, and, oh, it's so crazy that you called. I was just thinking about maybe selling my uh, mom's house or my sister is going to be purchasing a place. And I wonder if you could answer this for me. And and now you become a help. And then they're telling people, hey, this realtor, my realtor said this. And I think this is a a good thing. So, Sorry, buddy. Yeah,
2: I I sent it to you finally. I haven't been paying attention. That that was a, uh, I should probably have planned that better.
0: Yeah. What do you think about that, Andy? About all these little different systems that we all have versus picking up a phone and talking to people.
2: Um, I think it's a fallacy to think that you have the capacity as a human to keep track of hundreds of people. I think you can keep track of about 25 people in your brain and sort everything properly and make sure to tell them happy birthday on their birthdays and whatever. Beyond that, you're you're going to rely on some kind of a device. Um, for me, for business, I, I think there's a lot of things that trigger. Um, some customers want, you know, no contact and they just say, hey, I'll, I'll You know, let you know when I'm ready, but those are the customers that end up buying an open house from the agent in the open. So I kind of listen, but what I do is I provide less touches to those people. So I'll do like open houses. I do video newsletters. I'll do things like that where I'll say, Hey, here's your quarterly update for the people that don't really want to talk to us. And then once a quarter, they see us, they they get a video update on what's going on the market or whatever, because I'm a real estate guy. I'm not supposed to send you recipes. I'm not supposed to send you, you know, hey, turn back your clock, even though I do some of that too. But I, I, I in my opinion, real estate agents are supposed to be real estate. What, what's hard for me is, as a Gen X guy too, is putting out like personal information and photos. And this is me having fun. I, I always think it has to be all about business or this is how it relates to my business, or this is how, you know, and so it, it, over the years, it's been a little bit of a challenge, um, you know, for me to kind of open up to this whole reach out and touch someone, you know, kind of uh, the old Ma Bell or whatever that was, right? And uh, I don't
0: know, yeah. but yeah, I believe I it all. Life gets busy. Uh-oh, here we go.
1: For the top five questions with Andy. <laughs> Pants or and shorts?
0: Uh, shorts.
1: Mons or beach? Beach.
2: Real estate or operating heavy equipment? Hmm. Cake or ice cream? Ice cream.
1: Thongs or tattoos? I like it when you have to
2: That's not over. That was great. Thank you so much. Oh. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No, the uh she she makes fun of me for laughing and snorting. And uh, anyway, it was funny. I thought it was was my, that's my first TikTok. Kind of a recruiting TikTok, if you will.
0: You are a TikToker. I'm glad they brought up the flip-flops.
2: Yeah. I'm wearing pants today, man. It's a little chilly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Is that ever, that's perfect. Yeah. A meme, basically, uh, with realtors playing off of their designations you get. So, anyone can kind of create a designation with a little class. Yeah. Uh, So it's kind of like Andy's a a big machinery operated farm specialist.
2: Yeah. yeah. She she caught me the day that the reason why I said that, by the way, she caught me the day that I was working on my uh, uh, lot up in Alex where I was running a Bobcat around that day and I was having a blast with it. And then I came back to the cities and I still had that in my brain, like fresh that, I love driving equipment, no. but uh, no, but you're right. I think that there's designations are kind of interesting because what it does, I think a lot of times, you know like a senior specialist or, a, you know first time home buyer specialist or a certified distressed property expert or an investment as, you know it's just telling people that, hey if you're in this category we have extra training in this area that makes you feel comfortable using us as an agent. And, and I think that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, um, you know, cause you're, I don't know just because you have the training doesn't mean that you're good
0: at it I think the best designation is people that have worked with you talk about you I think that's yeah. what you I yeah. think that should be the best designation and you get kind of a, a real good insight and I think people like to work with people that are like-minded type people as well um so they kind of understand each other because working with a realtor it's not a it's not a one-day kind of thing. You're dealing with these people for quite a long time. And typically, I mean, it could be multiple years, you know, going back and forth and helping. And sometimes, like you're going to do construction. I mean, my my goodness. I mean, you'll you can be with them through the planning stage, the building stage, and then through the whole warranty. I mean, that could be two or three years right there. Well so, my God, yeah, I, I've got customers,
2: Chris, that have I've got customers of mine that built with us back in like two thousand and four that now have built with us again. And I've sold their dad's house and bought their kids a house. And I mean, it's like you're six, seven, eight deals deep with some of these people. And, and it's, it's there's a real simple formula here, guys. Take care of people, demonstrate value, show them that you know what you're doing, help them make the best deal possible, you know, cut the best terms you possibly can. Doesn't mean you have to be this, you know, angry, you know, arguing, you know, negotiator. It just means do your job. No power the customer with knowledge and then the knowledge that that you've helped them they'll they'll tell you what to do yes i want that house go get it and here's what i'm willing to do to get it based on the information provided right it's not our job to say hey you want to buy a house hey you want to sell a house that that's so not our job right now I, I anyway i i got into a training class about that and there was people like oh you'd be this guy'd be really good or this girl would be really good at sales because they they're salesy and i go they actually usually fail right now most people that are engineer minded, information gathering, you know, um, resourceful, those those agents are the ones that do the best right now.
0: Compass, the 20 companies they own, the other 20 companies they own.
2: What? Yeah, Compass lost about $300 million last quarter too. They're in financial trouble, cut their entire staff back. Um, all these companies that are trying to make real estate look easy, like historically has happened, they just fail. And and they they are they're a huge like company, but their stock is really suffering right now.
0: There's a lot of uh, good agents that have moved over to Compass, though. Uh, well, you, do in, you? I mean, you. I know
2: you know, but just for the consumer listening, the reason why Compass has taken off so well is that they really have that advertising agency side of their company. So you, as a real estate agent, that love to talk to people and be a, a quote a salesperson. Um, you can go do your thing. And then when it comes to brochures, websites, all that, they have almost like their own advertising agency in-house that really, really dials it in for you. And, and uh, that, that's their big advantage. So you look like you, you could be an independent agent and then go there and look like a rock star. Now, I don't know what the commission splits are. I'm sure they're getting paid handsomely for their for their work, but.
1: I don't know either. Hey guys. We're going to play a little childhood game. We're not going to say the bad word, so we're going to name it Flip, Live, dump. So marry, F, kill. That's kind of how we're going to do it, you know? So would you flip this home? This is Uh, fourth grade. Would you live in the home or would you dump it? I'm going to give you three options. Can you imagine
2: Chris and I on a a playground chasing girls around with this game going on?
0: Hey. Yes, you understand the rules? So we're choosing which one we'd live in. which one one we would flip
1: yeah so i'm gonna go through all three first and then after we'll take turns saying i would i would would like
0: to to state something before we go here i will flip everything everything's for sale in my world so you know okay next
1: okay (laughs) let me know if you want to see photos by the
2: way you have my wife laughing over here in the corner of the office
0: My wife doesn't laugh about that at all. <laughs> I know 20th move coming up so anyways. My okay. screen sorry. is
2: smaller, so I can't read any of that. I'm sorry. Hang on, let me see if I can go full screen with you guys.
0: You can't see go. that.
2: I'm good, I'm good, I'm back.
0: Go ahead, Andy. Okay, so
2: five bedroom, four bath, 3,069 square feet um, in Shoreview. View six hundred and forty thousand um okay
0: just give us a quick shot of those photos nick yeah we can probably move on
2: golden oak updated stairs
0: it looks like more of a traditional type two story
2: yeah hemlock doors yeah it's cool back
0: backyard yeah Okay, in a neighborhood.
2: Oh, they even put the floor plan on. That's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely traditional. Sure. All right. So that's number one. It's a pretty street. Okay, this is a Bloomington. It's on Bliss Lane. Bliss Lane. Trying to think where Bliss Lane is. 1109. Five bedroom, three yeah. bath, 550, built in 73. Let's see. So we're close to, is that 35 or 494? That's 35W and yep.
2: so it's
0: close to the river. So, Mall of
2: America. Yep.
0: Yeah, getting more close to the other side of the river. So. All right. In Bloomington, you're going to find a lot more homes that are older. This is actually kind of a newer home in Bloomington, built in 73. So. And Typically, what happens is the, the closer you get to south of the river, uh, the newer the homes are. Can you just do a couple more of those uh, pictures? Okay. Looks like a great lot, though, doesn't
2: it? Sure does.
0: For Bloomington, that's a really uh, nice lot. Cool. All right, I got my I got my thoughts on that one. Number three. Okay, this is in St. Paul.
2: But what part of St. Paul? St. Paul, that's a big picture. Can you give us the... Yeah, click on the address. So almost like Little Canada.
0: Yeah, so we're up a ways. Little Little Canada, Vandes
2: Heights, gotcha. Travel driveway.
0: Andy's territory.
2: Yeah, a little yeah. more of my territory. It's kind of
0: interesting. Uh, yeah, in little driveway. Yeah, in that area. I'm wondering I mean, why
2: is is that because it's on acreage or something or is it a? Is,
0: yeah, is there acreage? Does it say? Let's see. Thirty. Hit the overview part there, Nick. Again, I think we can. That should say if there's yeah, one point four acre. Oh, huh, um, on the lakes, huh? four bedroom three bath okay five garage stalls
2: that's that's a nice area right there that little pocket there's uh right down the street they have i believe it's tjb is building houses there that are all million dollar plus so there's Oh, oh yeah yeah that area is pretty hot
0: so it's got a two car tuck under and then a separate garage there a separate three car garage Huh. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump Shoreview. I just think uh, on the Shoreview one, it's just, it's a little too basic for me. Um, There's no no real excitement about it. I think I would live just because of where that location is. I would live in the Bloomington one and I would flip the St. Paul one.
2: And, and I'm a north guy so I would probably take i'd what I'd do is I'd probably buy the 1.4 acre and see if I could split that into about five lots and uh and then build five new houses up there so i would that's keep and flip it um I know that's not what I was supposed to say but that's what I would really do and then there the um the bloomington one again I agree with that i I was probably more fond of that than being a little farther out in uh shoreview
0: yeah so do you think we both looked at them as the home site. I mean, because those the two that we chose, Bloomington and St. Paul, were definitely more private, had woods. I think we're both kind of used to that. Um, and, and wanting that. So but I think a lot yeah. of people, that's what they want, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. Well, in the city, I, I love I love being in the hustle and the bustle for sure, but at the same breath of air I like have my own space. So that 1.4 acre, um, and it says St. Paul, but it, it's probably not St. Paul. St. Paul, you know what I mean? Right. It, it, um, I forget what the name of that little area is right there, but it, there's a name for it. And, um, it's not too far from like Roseville Shopping Mall. And, um, there, there's a lot of cool stuff right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway.
0: I just don't know that area as well. Right. I know there's like a state fair over there or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's real close to that. <laughs>
0: okay. No, it's okay. It's
2: not it's probably 20 minutes away. But you know, the thing is, is that it comes down to where, you know, um, everybody buys for different reasons. That's why so many houses sell and there's so many, you know, different styles. And, and uh, I, I would get into a house like the one in Shoreview, just to be honest, I I would want to have that house renovated. And I think that area could justify that where if you put in a new kitchen and some new bathrooms, and you know, at that point, the age of that house, I'm sure you're looking at windows, Um, you know what I mean? And then you start looking at, well, do I spruce up the landscaping? And well, now the driveway looks tired. Should I do a new driveway? And you get to that point where all of a sudden you got 150 to $200,000 repair or improvement. And now, but now you're living in a beautiful area with a brand new house and it's probably still a couple hundred thousand under what you can replace it for. Um, I I think you'd be okay.
0: Landscaping and and all that goes with it is very expensive. I mean, a lot of people can try to, do it themselves and get it cleaned up. But when you're doing flips, you got to keep that in mind. A lot of people just look at the house, but if that, that yard is a disaster zone, you, you have to get that thing cleaned up. I can't tell you the work I do on when I'm flipping homes, just on the, the, the trees, just trimming them all, getting the other ones out, getting the stumps out. I mean, you start paying for that, that's, that's very expensive. And typically if you have a lot of trees, the grass hasn't grown. So then you have to try to get the grass to grow. So that needs time and or you got to bring in sod and then you got to water it. And if you don't, I mean, there's just a lot of costs that are involved. So it yes. sounds like someone that's gotten burdened on that before or, or not.
2: Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, I just know how much that stuff is. I, I've been around that a lot too. Back in my early years, I was a landscaper and I remember how, you know, people are like, well just do this, 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 and this. And you're like, well, that's seven grand. They're like, what? Why wouldn't you just be able to do it for free? You're like, because it doesn't work that
0: way. Yeah. No. And you can definitely tell the professionals versus the homeowners. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, we got a question. I often see homes with large lots, only to find most of it is on the front or the side, especially for corner lots. What's the purpose of that? Do people hang out in the front of their lawns?
1: I have a. It was a, it was a big uh, Reddit thread. Like, what's the purpose oh. of a large front yard? Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what there's developments out there that are called traditional neighborhood de- uh, design homes and um it's it's very interesting and what they what they say is that you know people mix and mingle in, in the front yard and typically there's a there's a, a park you know that you congregate at but that people hang out in the front you don't have much of a, a backyard um so that, I think that's maybe... that's urban,
2: by the way that's urban planning 101. Yeah, you know getting everybody to congregate in a park and, and not have much of a yard and yep. have a smaller footprint
0: yeah and and it makes sense for developers the less land you have to use and you can kind of kind of combine so that everyone has to have a swing set in their backyard make an area where you could put three of them in and save a whole bunch of land to be able to put more lots up uh, and make more money
2: There but, was a concept that back in the um, in the uh, 2000s. There was a, a developer that did, um, and it's not new, it's it's been around for years, called Coving, where they can get higher quantity of lots and they intentionally swerve the streets. And it brings some houses closer to the road, brings some houses farther back. And so there were some people that had, you know, the big front yards, for an example, and would encourage their kids and families and kids to play in the front yard. Hence they see each other, hence they hang out, and it creates a neighborhood environment. That was one of the concepts that these, you know, land planning uh, committees, came up with. And then there was times where they would also have where they do a park in the middle and they have all the houses around it. And, you know, so I think a lot of, of planning, um, and when you think of it at a higher level, you know, not just the developer developer needs quantities to make their money work or builders need the the volume or whatever, to make that work or price. And, but on a planning level, it's, it's different. And it would be, it would be really interesting to, for us to get a planner on this show, not, not just to pick on them for how much they charge in fees, but mostly to get them on here to talk about what is the strategy behind zoning and what is this? And why do you, you know, only allow certain styles of homes to be built or put certain requirements on these homes that are being built, you know? So now it's like, it's interesting how planning went from being a, let's get everybody to be part of a community, right? Like Minneapolis and lay some of the neighborhoods out and, and which that was a whole nother issue with segregation and everything else and having segregated neighborhoods. And I mean, it was crazy, but In the the big picture of life, that all put aside, you know, in in the suburban areas, you know, they they have certain lot sizes. They have certain, you know, requirements for the houses um, for elevation so that the homes appear to be a certain value. And it's it's changed how it went from being a strategy of how to get humans to be, you know, everybody sits on the front porch and talks to each other and hangs out. Then they say air conditioning wrecked America because everyone inside where it's cooler, you know what I mean? And they stop going outside. And then now these new neighborhoods that are big suburban neighborhoods with big fence and yards. And what, what's the goal here? You know, everybody's, you know, separating and not talking or whatever. And I don't know. It's just interesting.
0: Move it's always the, it's always the goal.
2: Yeah. Anytime
0: you look at something that's it usually follows the money,
1: money, money.
2: Nick, Nick, what's it like where you are?
1: Yeah. I was just going to bring that up. It's, it's a lot different people out in the streets chatting. You're not as uh, isolated as you are in the, the suburbs and USA. I think a lot has to do with the car industries you know, making it so public transportation isn't as good and you, you have to rely on having a car, which there's pros and cons to, to both of them. But I do like walking outside and seeing people and chatting and you see someone on their their little porch and, and whatnot. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it's just different, right? I mean, like I, I could be up on my loft right now and have a patio up on top of my building and then I could go downstairs and walk three doors down and buy groceries for dinner. And it just, it's a different style. I mean, suburban, like if I want to, jump in the car and I got to go to the grocery store. I got to commit to going to the grocery store, you
0: know? Just think of the money that you do save though. I mean, like with Nick, without a car, and insurance comes with that car, you know? So if you have to buy it, I mean, what are you? Six, 700 a month, bingo. Just like that,
2: Yeah. you know?
0: I don't know, what do you spend on public transportation? I mean, that's, uh, well, it's, it, is, it is kind of interesting. Um, and I knew I had a lot of people that went downtown Cause they, they that idea, but now they're getting chased out. You know, the difference they, is you know,
1: public transportation is more safe in Europe. I have no issue taking it. So, yeah.
2: What do you, true. so when you're, where are you right now? Tell the listeners again, where you in the, in the viewers where you are? And
1: I'm in the North Korea of Europe, or at least that's what they used to call it. They didn't start letting uh, tourists into like the eighties in Albania. They had a communist dictator that shut the whole country out from everyone else. And I'm on the, the Riviera like the last like untouched gem of uh the northern uh, mediterranean sea so it's good
2: are you are you uh i'm assuming if if we follow you on your uh bold perceptions right Perspect- yes yeah and uh we can see lots of photos and and
1: yeah, <laughs> things. tons of videos yeah be careful though. i don't know some of the listeners maybe you'll like it <laughs>
2: no it's well hey it's
0: called know. bold
1: it's called bold for a reason andy
2: I haven't seen any of these pictures. I, I'm gonna hang up with you guys and go check them out. All
0: right, sounds good. Hey, be who you are. I think uh,
2: that's what I say, man. Hell,
0: absolutely.
1: Okay, awesome. Hey, another great show. Make sure to give us a like on the Facebook. Remember, we post three digestible clips each week on Facebook and YouTube. You can write a review on iTunes, Spotify. Send in any questions you have, and uh, we'll see you next week. And Andy shares them.
2: Yes. <laughs> Sorry.